0: Hello and welcome, I'm your host Petri and this show helps you to build your company. In this episode, we are talking about how to build your company by bootstrapping till the series A, how traditional media coverage can still make a difference, challenges of European companies entering the US market and much more. Without further ado, let's jump into the discussion with Happy or Not co-founder Heikki Väänanen. Hello Heikki, how are you doing today? good good thank you how about you not bad it's quite nice here it's a winter day with sun is shining and uh, i think things are pretty good two billion satisfied uh, customers or was it clicks yes clicks
1: that's the the situation where we are today after uh, 10 years of of building Uh, happy or not
0: so what is happy or not are you happy or not
1: Uh, yes yes so 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 basically what what we are doing we are we are providing service for our customers so that they know how happy people are at the different physical locations so so you may have seen our terminal or device somewhere for example maybe at the airports where there is a device asking that how happy you were for the security or how happy you were for the retail experience, then you can uh, push one of those uh, four smiley buttons and tell how you feel.
0: Sounds pretty simple. Does it really work?
1: When we started the business, uh, that was one thing what we needed to learn uh, because the idea was, uh, idea felt so simple that uh, also like we were not, of course, 100% sure that if this will work. And uh, so for that reason, we we, uh, we agreed with uh, roughly five customers uh, to test the idea and, and see and learn if the data has some value for the, for the customers.
0: Can you walk me through, you know, uh, usually things are not simple in the beginning. Why was it simple in the beginning? Why did you think that you have the audacity to think that it will work because it's so such a simple thing or was there something hidden that I don't just understand?
1: So basically the idea felt so simple that let's just like put a uh, device with the force smiley buttons and question sign so that from the tech perspective, there is uh, nothing like miracle there. So um, so we, we were thinking that because the implementation is so easy from the tech perspective, maybe someone has been trying this before and failed. So, uh, so th- that's the reason like, why we didn't need like 50 uh, developers and engineers to put this like first uh, prototype together to see the first results from the customers.
0: But it was not uh, just an easy ride. I understood that uh, a lot of people were laughing at you, and they didn't believe that it works so or it actually adds any value. And
1: uh... yeah, so um, so like so when we were like negotiating and discussing with the first uh, customers and people, uh, we were also discussing with one uh, person who is like kind of like customer experience professional, and and we were. We were presenting this idea for her as well, and and the feedback from her was that that idea won't ever work. So that, that that's kind of like the worst idea what I have heard for a long time, and uh, and, and she felt that uh, that device will be just like in front of everyone, and uh, and and everyone will hate those devices. Why why someone would uh, use that kind of terminal? And of course, because that that feedback was was coming from the uh customer experience professional. So so we thought that uh she knows a lot about this uh, market and, and space and uh, and for a few days we were thinking that okay maybe maybe that's the case that this doesn't work but at the same time uh like giving up is not something what we do easily. So so we made the decision that let, let's continue and let, let's collect more feedback and let's uh, let's start uh, testing the concept.
0: So how many feedback loops and how many months or weeks or days it took that you were convinced that you know, maybe it's not time to give up yet? So uh, actually the, maybe the first test
1: was the most interesting one. Um, it was uh, one retail chain in uh, Finland who, uh, who made the decision to be the first one on this. And, and we took um, one device to Walintatalo it was kind of like mall uh, grocery store site and uh, we put the device there on the morning and, uh, and together with the customer we were thinking that maybe we get like 10 feedbacks per day or five feedbacks per day um, like normally normally Grocery stores are getting maybe three feedbacks per month or maybe 10 feedbacks per month. So they were thinking that, um, that if we can get the same amount of feedback per day, that would be pretty amazing. And after the first day, um, we had uh, roughly 100 and, was it 150 feedbacks uh, collected. So customer was really surprised because they could first time ever see that how happy people are per each hour. And of course, like we were surprised that that actually like a lot of people are a lot of people are giving the uh, feedback. So that was kind of like first really positive sign that actually this can work.
0: So what are the questions you were asking in those terminals? And do you remember what was the first one, the very first one you were describing?
1: Uh, The first one was like how how happy you were for the service uh, today. Uh, of course, in 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 Finnish here, like locally. So, um, so but basically, it depends on the uh, vertical. So, if if you are within the retail, usually it's it's about the customer experience. Uh, it's about did you find the products? Uh, it's about uh, cleanliness of of the location. Um, but when thinking about the flexible airports. Then it's about the security experience about package claim uh, experience uh, about like happiness for different areas on the airports and uh, on the healthcare, it's of course, like different kind of questions, like how happy you were for the doctor visit and and so on. So, so it it depends on the, on the customer group, what's the optimal setup of, of uh, questions.
0: Why should I push it as a customer? You know, it is it just that I like can vent? You know, it's like okay, bad experience. I just can express myself. Uh, and can you also describe what happens after I push the button?
1: So uh, yeah, that, that, that's kind of like one thing. So uh, so uh, so like. M- m- Based on the discussions, of what we have had with the uh, people—not people who are working at the sites, but people who are giving the feedback—some uh, people get like uh, kind of like nice feelings about uh, about just like so that they are able to tell that how they felt about the experience. Uh, both, like if, if the experience was great, it's, it's nice that you can tell that. Uh, but also, like if, if you um, if if you are not happy for the experience, that's also sometimes like really nice that you are able to tell that to someone. Uh, th- then from the uh, fr- from the kind of like from the company perspective, um, it- it's nice that people there uh, know that how like how people are feeling. So, for example, I I was discussing once with. Uh, with a person who has been working at a grocery store for 20 years. And of course, like people have been every now telling that hey, you are doing a great job or or similar. But like he, she didn't have any kind of like statistics that how how well she is performing. And uh, and the first time ever she uh, saw that actually like uh, their location is number one uh, through the, when comparing different locations and, and retail sites uh, to each other so so it it can give really positive feelings for the people so when you are when you are giving the feedback what you are also kind of like the reason why people should give the feedback is that then uh, those locations can can improve their things and give even better experiences for you uh, in the future
0: you were the ceo of the company for many years uh, from the founding and uh, now you stepped down already, so it's been quite a journey, I would imagine. But how did it all begin?
1: So, um, so how, how things started? Like the, the idea of uh, this concept is uh, from more than yeah, more than twenty years back when I when I got this uh, idea about that how, how about like if uh, giving the giving the feedback would be much easier? So instead of feeling some online surveys or, or paper surveys or or un- answering on the phone when someone is asking that how happy you have been for the different uh, within like different or for different services um, that was like that that was the thinking what I had and also like um, like when when, um, when working like and, and when helping other companies I noticed that uh, companies are usually asking or back then uh, companies are usually asking customer kind of like feedback maybe once per year or maybe once per two years and i felt that that can't be the case on long term so uh customers are the ones who are who are bringing the money for the for the companies and uh, it it felt kind of like fear to that you would be asking every second year that, how do you feel if at the same time you are the one who is paying my salary?
0: Can you apply these uh, principles and what you now learned in a startup environment? So if I'm building a new startup and starting today, uh, now what do you know, you know, based on that 20 years experience? What would you tell someone that, you know, what are the things to implement and how to do that? You know, even though they may not be in the retail space. there's like
1: few things on that when starting the startup nowadays uh the great thing is that you have you will have like really good tools to get a lot of data in so that you can optimize your offering much faster than you were able to uh do maybe 10 years ago or 15 years ago so so building the startup today um is kind of like um it's pretty different compared to how, how it was uh, before. So there is a Power BI, Tableau kind of tools. Uh, there is uh, like a lot of free tools uh, within marketing, within sales, um, and also for the product development. And, uh, and, and how how like customer satisfaction relates to this is that uh, when you are building the startup, uh, you may want to know that your for example, within marketing, your messaging works well. Uh, of course, you will be then using uh, like different kind of, or you, you will be following uh, maybe some conversion metrics from leads to marketing qualified leads and sales qualified leads and and, and so on. But you may also want to know that how what people are thinking about the about the messaging what you are using. Or within the product development, it, it can be the same that you are. You can follow the metrics that uh, from the first sign-up, like what's the percentage of the people who are who are using your service again. Maybe the drop-off is, let's say, 50%. So for some reason, uh, your customers will use your service once, and then 50% of the of your customers disappear. So then you may want to ask that um, that what are the reasons why you didn't come back, and then uh, Then, like the and that that's something what relates to customer experience. You wanna learn the reasons uh, behind the drop off.
0: How quick cycles can you have in this feedback loop and improving and and trying again?
1: So it's basically in uh, I I would say in days. uh, That that's pretty uh, typical nowadays. Not 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 maybe within the hours because of the volume. So uh, usually you may wanna. Have like at least uh, maybe 100, 500 uh, feedbacks in in total. So uh, so usually it's about the days. Uh, that that's kind of like the that's uh, how how like also like the most successful companies are working nowadays. So it's about testing testing things and seeing in in a few days if the new if new idea works well or if it doesn't work well.
0: Let's take an example. You've been in the gaming world before, uh, so if, if you're building a mobile game and you would like to test uh, the pulse of the new, you know, improvements in the in, in the latest version, can you do that? You know, sort of basically applying the principles and ideas. What are you doing?
1: The principle is the same. So in, in the game, de- game development, uh, it's the same as like developing the let's say the softwares for the for the some like in in B2B environment. So uh, it's about like yeah having the, having the mobile game version. Uh, for example you may, you may wanna test that are, are people able to increase the volume and, and you are maybe doing that by uh, sitting next to the person and testing different ideas that, hey, like if, if let's, let, let's put the volume icon here and let's see if people are able to recognize that. And if people are not able to recognize that, then change the color or, or put in the volume icon uh, somewhere else. Or if you can't be physically there, then you can do that uh, online as well and ask feedback there so
0: can that be actually done in a sort of um, covid world type of way so people are around the world and you have a new software release so can you somehow put the buttons so how do you know that how they're feeling when they downloaded the new version or they're playing the game or they onboarding and is there a way to know that you know what's working
1: so it's uh, yeah it can be done for example with the video uh, video connection so uh, in some tests uh, you actually want to uh, follow what person is doing you want to follow where where the person is uh, watching uh, you may also want to tell the person that please like please continuously tell that what you feel and and, and what you are doing and, and what you are trying to do so uh, so when, when someone is now let, let's say again like if, if someone is uh, playing mobile game the person may tell that hey like now i want to add my friend here as well but and and, and now i'm trying to find the button like or or the way how to do it and if the person recognize that it will take let's say five minutes for uh, to do that then then the learning is that okay we actually like, need to do this in, in the way that it's, it's a bit easier for the users because otherwise, uh, there will be maybe drop off and, uh, and, and you will lose the uh, players, and, and and the person will download some other mobile game which there are like a lot of available today.
0: Have you noticed been getting quite a lot of uh, media coverage? And I remember 2018, I think it was 2018, you, you got uh, New Yorker. Uh, write an article about you and that sort of uh, was a big deal and obviously it is a big deal but I mean that you know it, it had also a lot of a business impact. Can you explain and tell how can you get a such a nice uh, article in New York?
1: That was our goal always that it would be amazing to be uh, recognized uh, by the top uh, magazines uh, in the world and especially in U.S. Uh, how this New Yorker opportunity came was that we, we were at the trade show in the U.S. And uh, there was this uh, person uh, from New Yorker going around. He, he came to see us. He, he came to our booth and, and was asking that like what we are doing, uh, how, how, how this is working, and, and so on. And one person who has been with us for a long, long time, Todd Tyson, uh, was on the booth and, and he was telling the story like how, how everything started and how, how this works and so on how we are changing the way how retail companies can can like improve their operations and um, and, and luckily he, he got like so uh, excited about uh, us uh, that we agreed a follow-up call with him and uh, and during that call he was asking a bit more more questions and you know, like eventually we agreed that uh, they will do article about us and um, and they also let us know that they will be a few days with us and and also like they will fly to uh, for example to uh, San Francisco to meet our customers and so on so so it was like um, normally uh, when uh, these people are putting these articles together they maybe spend like Maybe two hours, three hours with the, uh, with the person and with the company, but this was pretty different. Like they were spending many days with us and and even met my wife and I uh, was asking like a lot of questions about her, what she has been doing when she was young and so on. So it it was like it was kind of like uh, more questions than than you are getting uh, in the like job interview.
0: Wow. <laughs> So what was the impact? You know, nowadays uh, in the tech world, we tend to think that it's more about Twitter and the social media and the regular media doesn't have that big effect anymore. But I, I would assume in your line of businesses, it, it had a great impact.
1: So uh, during that time, we um, we had like some presence in the U.S. We had some customers from the U.S.,
0: uh, but Can I, you name a few customers just for the, to give, get an idea? Uh,
1: so, for example, uh, like Rite Aid was our customer, um, the Space Center in, in Florida was our customer, uh, a few hospitals were our customer. Uh, I think like we had our first terminals at Walmart as well. Uh, but basically, like, um, so when, when European company is going to the US, uh, it's about building the credibility. And uh, if you have only European customers, uh, unfortunately, like U.S. companies, uh, like the, the, it's more critical for them so that you have local references and, and, and so that those people can maybe have a chat with the uh, people who are already using your, your service. So uh, we had some customers, but we were missing the um, kind of like parts of the uh, credibility there still. And, and and where this article was helping us a lot uh, was that because I- even for the us companies uh it's almost impossible to get article for the new yorker so that's kind of like that's the magazine what um like well educated people are are, are following and, and reading and um and after we got that article and and when we were telling that on the for example on the call or on the meeting with the customer that actually like here you can read the six page story about us uh, on, on the New Yorker. Then the comments were like wow like how you how you did that that we have been trying to get article on, on that magazine too but like we never have been able to do that. So how, how you how you made that happen? And uh, so it was kind of like big thing on the for the from the credibility perspective and, and and doing the doing the deals uh, became much much easier after that
0: you have your US headquarters in Florida which is becoming uh, sort of a hot place for startups now uh, people are moving from San Francisco and different places to Florida but you were early on there why Florida
1: it was actually like, uh, yeah. I, I could of course tell it that we made big research and we we saw this happening in the future that companies are going there, but like that, that wasn't the case. So, so uh, few things which were critical for us was the well, one was the time difference. So, uh, so when you have employees uh, in in Europe and uh, in in Asia as well and in US, uh, it's easier if you if people are kind of like uh so that, that there wouldn't be too big time difference between the teams um and uh and we are we are from uh finland so uh we have like pretty cold uh, winter time so uh, our fir- first persons who went there we just like started from florida uh we didn't think about too much uh too much about about that made, made like small small research but like not not the long one so we were thinking that let's start here and and let's see how things goes Uh, our customers were basically everywhere in in us so so we were not in the position where we would have like 100 potential customers in us and they all are in new york then it would have been easy to pick up that new york Uh, but because our customers were everywhere and anyway we needed to fly to different cities so so uh, we started there, and, 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 and that's the place where we where we are today. We, we have people uh, in some other locations as well in the U.S., uh, but like the office in Florida.
0: You've been having some ups and downs in recruitment like uh, any, any founder and any company. Can you elaborate a bit and tell some of the stories you've been having to, during the time? Maybe when you were moving to U.S., for example, how did you find the people?
1: No, that's... Uh, that's like maybe one one thing also for the european company so when you when you go there uh, people of uh in the us they, they are amazing on, on on telling the their story and uh, and presenting themselves and uh, and when we um, when we were doing like first hires there it felt that uh in in the us there is only amazing candidates and and, and, and like all, all, all of them were able to tell the things what you what you want to hear uh, and, and that's uh, that, that's a bit different compared to, for example, Nordics. Uh, you, you can have amazing talent in Nordic, uh, but on the job interview, they basically just like tell you that I have been doing this kind of like pretty small things, and 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 the reality is that they have done some amazing stuff. So, um, so because we were scaling fast, uh, we were also hiring people pretty fast, and uh, and during that l- journey. We we made some uh, less expensive and and some a bit more expensive mistakes. So um, it would have been good to get more some local support or, while doing those hires. So we were even uh, hiring one person who had pretty bad like criminal background, and and we found no. out we were found out that uh, a bit too late and. Uh, uh, and then we were in in, in trouble for for a while, for a while. Uh, but like we we're able to so, solve that <laughs> but like that's that, that's something some like when, when doing things fast and when testing things fast you you also like
0: sometime do mistakes so what are the most expensive mistakes what type of mistakes
1: now one area is, is are, are the highers because it's it, it like um you maybe are paying for some company who is who is helping uh, like when when you are doing the hire but it's also the lost time what what is expensive so if if you hire the person for the for the um for the sales role or if you hire the person who is leading the sales that's something where we did uh one one mistake that um early on so we, we hired hired the person who was supposed to lead the sales and and we learned that actually this this doesn't work so um, and and, and, and so then it means that you basically have a lost maybe even year when when calculating together the time um, when you are interviewing the candidates then the person has maybe three months notice period after he or she can join in. And, and the person starts there is maybe three months six months onboarding and after that you notice that okay this is not working so you have spent one year uh, without getting company kind of like to the next level and in tech space one year is a long time so uh so we, we are not anymore in the cycles of two years or four years or 10 years uh in, in tech space the product great products can last, they only last maybe, let's say three years, five years in total. So if you do one mistake which which cost you one year, that can have huge impact on on, on your success.
0: So how can you avoid those mistakes? What's the lesson to learn here? Uh,
1: That's that's a really good question, especially like if if starting the business first time without networks, then I would maybe encourage you to get some help and, and be like data driven there, doing some tests uh, and, and making sure that the profile equals to uh, really successful, uh, let's say sales leaders who, who, who you are looking for. That's one one way to do it. And, and that's the way how we are operating nowadays. Uh, That we are using uh, as much data as possible when doing the hires as well to make sure that we would do less less mistakes there Uh, but of course
0: what do you mean by data
1: so you you can have like uh, there's a lot of great tools available nowadays you can run different kind of tests for the candidates so for example we we have been using the caliber test in in uh, like globally and, and that has been working uh, really well. So the results uh, are, are pretty much uh, trustable. And, uh, and if the person gets really good scores on that test, uh, it, it usually means that the person, person is, is also successful. Maybe the uh, other way to do it, if you have some networks and if you know some people who have been successful uh, before, and if you are confident that those people have still uh, energy and willingness to run, so maybe then hiring those persons who, who, who you know that uh, are, are kind of like from your network and have been successful, thats that, that has been one great uh, way to do
0: good hires. How are you using Happy or Not uh, within the company? Are you testing and having the pulse of the, the staff as well? Yes,
1: for the whole company history. <laughs> so, so that that's something what we are do, doing, and, and what what like many many companies globally are, are doing. So, so uh, a, a, every day when uh, people uh, leave the office, uh, they can th- they can give the feedback that how they felt, and uh, and that has been like really helpful when when you know that. Especially for the management, it's it's more about if the feedback, um, if if there's more. More employees than normally who are not happy Uh, and and you also with the follow-up questions you can also find out that what are the reasons so so compared to yearly surveys uh, the management and and the employees get the information about dissatisfaction like next day that's of course uh, helpful for the for the teams so that you can fix things fast instead of waiting a year
0: how do you figure out the root cause, you know, if there's people are just not happy, you know, how, how can you t- try to figure out what's the cause of that?
1: So the version of what companies are using nowadays a lot is the tablet version and uh, there you have a follow up. So let's say that if, if the person was, uh, was like, wasn't happy, so then there is like follow up question that was it maybe because of the leadership or because of the workload or maybe because of the office environment. And and if the person says that this was uh, because of the leadership, then the person can also type a bit more details there. That uh, like what, what were the reasons? So maybe I had unrealistic goals for this month, or maybe the way how the how supervision is uh, kind of like managing the team. Maybe there is something what can be improved there. So so um, but it's still uh, anonymous. So that's something something like what we want to make sure that people people uh, feel safe to give feedback because otherwise there will be less less feedback for the companies
0: as a ceo i think you've been the entire time till you step down uh, the ceo of the company can you describe the process you know how you've been changing your role and uh, from the beginning and what have been the most difficult and maybe the easiest and un- unexpected ways you have you know grown in the process and things you want to share with other ones who are facing the same thing
1: mm, uh, i think like for this topic we could use maybe one or two or three days even <laughs> <laughs> but like uh, so so basically yeah there's huge differences if you have like five employees, if you have 20 employees, if you have 40, if you have 60, of 150, 200. So all all those stages are a bit different. And uh, so like, if if you have a small team of, let's say, six employees, then you have like one, usually one supervisor and, and the team, all of those people can be in the same room. And and they always are on the same page and, and you can change the direction of the company in one day or, or you can change the direction of the company even twice per day <laughs> like if, if you just agree with the team so, so you, are, you are pretty uh, agile um, like when you have uh, 20 employees you are not maybe any more the supervisor for, for everyone so you start to have a bit structure there but still keeping all, all the employees on the same page is, is, is pretty easy um when going to the space of uh let's say plus plus 100 employees then things will uh, change a lot so then you have to start thinking about different processes uh, what's the way how how employees are managed uh, within your company so so let's say that you have a marketing team you have a sales team you have research and development team if you hire a person Let's say that you hire a person from the Oracle to lead the marketing, you hire a person from Salesforce to lead the uh, sales, and, and then you hire a person from IBM to lead the product. And, and if you just leave it there and, and, and you work with only your team members, what you will find out that actually we have three different ways how people are led in the company. So there is one who is leading the people how people were led at Salesforce and one person who is leading the people how people were led at Oracle and so on. So um, so like one, one like advice what I, I would give for the, uh, for the teams uh, who go beyond, I would say maybe 60, 70 employees, Th- then you have to start thinking about things like how actually people are managed, how people are led, What's the way, how we are doing that in the, within this company and, and, uh, and, and so on. So that, that's kind of like the big um, um, big kind of like uh, difference and also the step uh, for the founder. So if you are a founder of the company, when you have 20 employees, you know everything about everything basically. And if you have, um, let's say, 70 employees, uh, you, you don't know anymore about you you have to start trust on on your team members and, uh, and and when you have 150 employees you don't even know everyone's names and and that's one step where i felt that maybe maybe i'm losing my memory because like i can i can't i can't remember my, uh, everyone's names uh, but that's one phase and 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 when you are experiencing that first time it may feel a bit weird when you are meeting someone someone at the office and you are like what was the name of this person I can't remember it's in it's working in my company but I can't remember even <laughs> his or her name so so that, that that may that may feel a bit weird uh if it's like let's say three years from from the situation when you have 10 employees and you knew everyone's names and and even the kids name of the <laughs> of the of the person so so that's like um when the company is smaller, it's more more kind of like personal uh, experience. And uh, when the company gets bigger, it's more about building the structure for the founder who, who is also leading the company.
0: Was there any phase where you were thinking that, okay, this is getting a bit out of hand, you know, you're not comfortable with the speed or something happening and, and something, you know, some rough patches in, in the growth? <laughs>
1: Like um, many m- many times, maybe the maybe the um, uh, we did the A round when we and the first round when we had about sixty employees. So um, so uh, and the investor we start the collaboration with investor and and we put the hiring plan together and. Um, and within that hiring plan, we had roughly 100 roles. And so how
0: big was the A round?
1: Uh, it, it was about f- uh, 15 million.
0: Okay. Did you, did you have any money before you did bootstrap? Or uh, would your own money? Or was there something, you know, angel round or C round or something?
1: Yeah, before? no, 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 no rounds before that. So it was
0: like, it was bootstrapped until, until that. Okay. How many years were you, you were basically bootstrapping it? And, uh, six, and even, five, six five,
1: five, six years yeah six years yeah
0: so you were like a few founders and and basically you own the whole cap table at that point
1: yeah yeah and also like sharing the shares for the team members so that's something like what i've been and we have been doing always uh quite a lot so so not keeping the ownership only uh like within the within the like really really small team like let's say two or three persons uh but like we always have preferred the way that like we share share the shares, uh, of the company for the team members. And, um, because it's, I, I think that it's, it's better to own a smaller part of the really big success than owning 100% of the most no success. So, so, so
0: it was a, it was a big deal actually to take uh, external investor because then it's not in your hands entirely anymore. So was that something you need that you, you must do, or you wanted to do, or can you explain a bit of the process?
1: Um, we spent quite a lot of time with the uh, different investors. There were like uh, maybe 100 investors contacting us uh, during that, that year. And all of them telling that, hey, please like take our money and you can do amazing things. Uh, we we spent with, um, with with one investor called Notion uh, like quite a lot of time. So uh, we had to plan. Uh, going forward without the investment but also with the investment and the, and the difference of what we saw there was that actually we can do things and and we can speed up things so much that let's see if we are able to get uh, reasonable terms or, or good terms if, if the package feels good if if the team at, at not feels uh, good if kind of like all, all the components uh feels good uh, and, and we, we even had the, uh, so one thing like what we, what we did was that we were asking from the investor that, that uh, can you come and give a presentation about yourself for our employees before the investment. So if our employees will say that this sounds really nice and exciting and, and good. Uh, then that's kind of like the one one positive sign uh, and, and like, like you mentioned it, it's pretty big thing when the company is not in uh, any, anymore anymore like uh, like within within your your uh, hands but of course like that's um, like um, yeah it, it's not like investors are coming you and telling that this is how the business should be led in the, in the future. Of course like the, the team who is, who is building the company should have the knowledge and, and, and basically the role of the investor is to bring more money to, to make sure that the company um, can move fast and, uh, and expand the operations fast and, and, and become even more successful.
0: So you were not actually knocking on the doors of the investors. They were coming to you and you were like, okay, well, let's see if this works. Did I correct, uh, get that correctly?
1: Yeah, that's, that's how, how, the, how the environment and space works. So when a company is getting to the point of, let's say, 5 million euros in euros in the revenue, there is like a lot of investors who will be then contacting you. And especially if you have been growing 50% a year, like 100% year on that scale. Uh, those, like all all good VC's or investors, they have a group of people who are doing research and and they are trying to find you. So and and, and usually they find. So uh, so um, that that that's like because like that what investors are doing, they are basically investing money what they have to invest somewhere. So so like. Uh, so they, they can't be without investing that money and there is competition on, on that space as well so so there is no like one or two or three investors who are uh, investing on companies there is also competition between the investors and and they want to make sure that they can give money for the for the teams uh, which are the best ones and uh, and capable of on, on like scaling the businesses because of course like they 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 want to get like good good return for the for the money they put in
0: this is not your first company you you've been successfully building and selling companies before as well Uh, has that been critical in the success of your current company
1: it, it made the first years a bit easier. So uh, so we, we haven't been on, on this scale. Now, now we are going uh, beyond 100 million uh, in, in, in valuation, and we, we haven't been this far before. But the first years uh, were, were definitely uh, much easier. We had a small software development uh, company, uh, roughly 10 employees. Uh, then we were in, in gaming business or in mobile game. Business uh, and that business was growing really fast. We sold the business when we had roughly forty employees in 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 total. And uh, so so like uh, if you have been if you have done something once, you saw, or maybe two times, then of course the next time the things will be a bit easier. That's same in like in everything, or <laughs> also when building the businesses. So. So the first, first years, I, I would say, were kind of like pretty straightforward when uh, our team uh, had experience about the, from, from the previous uh, companies.
0: When you were building the first uh, product and prototyping, I understood that uh, you were not paying everything out of your own pocket. You were basically saying that I don't have money now, but maybe if this is successful, we can compensate you. How how did you manage to pull that off?
1: Yeah, that was like that was like something what we were testing. So so uh, so so th- thanks for the people uh, within our network that they had the uh, trust. So so like um, so basically the, how the story went was that we we knew that like to put the terminal together. Uh, we need some skills and, and help there, of course. And, and also when building the first version of the reporting service where people can actually see the results, uh, we also uh, needed some great help there. And, um, so we, so we met like a uh, few people and uh, we told about this idea that hey like this is something what we are planning and are, 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 are you willing to help in, in case we need some? and uh, basically everyone told that of course if, if you need any help just let us know and and uh, i was discussing with with, Wille, with the co-founder uh, that hey like how about if we do if we would do this kind of digital we don't we have like only 2500 euros on our bank account so we basically can't buy stuff like if you if you if you buy uh, product development from somewhere you at least spend 50k or 100k or even more so and and, uh, so the one option was that we do the round immediately or we test that and see uh, if people uh, are are, uh, are, can help and uh, and the way we agreed that was if the company is successful then we will pay a lot for those people so, so, it,
0: what so what is a lot? Can you give something concrete that, you know, if I want to do the same thing, you know, what should I suggest to that?
1: So maybe like, let's put some figures, <laughs> maybe that, 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 that makes it more concrete. So, so we, we had people who were helping us, for example, uh, with some graphics or, or, or with the device, and they were maybe using, let's say, 100 hours for something. So, so we agreed that uh, that if if this is successful, then they will get uh, thirty thousand euros. So, so if, if you if you like if you work for one hundred hours, you will get thirty thousand euros. So we were thinking that that's pretty good compensation for the especially back then many of us had just like finished the studies and many of us didn't have a lot of money on our bank account. So so uh so we were thinking that like maybe maybe that's fair so so we went and uh and and met some friends and and people and told us like this is something what we can offer and of course there is a really big risk that this is not successful because usually companies fail and um but like if you are willing to take this risk if you really are willing to help this is something what we can offer and uh, and all those Persons told us, like, yes, they are happy to help. And and we also made some documents or papers about that so that uh, we have something something uh, documented as, as well. That's something what we have been doing always, that, like, let's put stuff on, on the paper so that we don't have to discuss after a few years that what we actually agreed. That's how, how it was working. And after the company became successful, then we uh, paid those out.
0: You've been also taking uh, money after the A round. And uh, can you explain something about the process there as well? And does it get easier? Is there any changes, you know, when you start to put more alphabets onto, onto the series?
1: Uh, it's a bit different. So, so when doing the smaller rounds, then the requirements from the investors are not so... Kind of like size and, and and when doing the bigger rounds then there will be much more requirements for example related to the data quality so uh, if you're putting the like the following rounds together uh, you most likely have then the experience from the from the previous rounds so you know all the terms you maybe have read one book or a few books and some articles and you have gone through the process so, so from that perspective it's it's kind of like easier. You also maybe have the network already in place. Uh, sometimes the investors who are doing the B rounds are, are maybe maybe a bit different. Uh, but like what what I would say is maybe the biggest difference is that the when doing the bigger rounds, then the requirements for the company Get a bit more uh, strict, so 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 like you you have to be able to provide a lot of data, and 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 you have to be able to provide uh, like a lot of data pretty fast. So so I have been hearing, and and, and when things get big enough, so so like if uh, if thinking about investments of, let's say plus one hundred million or or acquisitions uh, plus one hundred million. Uh, I just heard a story where where there was one acquisition happening in plus 100 million category and the company who was doing the acquisition uh, sent the data request for the company that please provide this uh, churn information us and the company was putting that data together and sent the data uh, within the week back and and the from the company who was doing the uh, acquisition was that this was too slow and and we will cancel the acquisition. At this stage, you can't uh, answer on this kind of basic questions in seven days. You have to be able to provide the answer within day or two. And, and for that reason, we
0: cancel the acquisition. So basically you have to have everything ready and anticipate it all the time.
1: Yes, on on the like when, when you get to the category of uh, let's say plus maybe plus twenty million rounds, and especially if you are working with the U.S. investors, U.S. investors are, are they, they they require more in terms of data qu- quality. When scaling up the business, uh, you need the data for the investors, uh, but the, but also you need the data uh, to scale up your your business. So. Uh, so, so there is, there's many reasons why to uh, focus on the data quality.
0: How much you have been raising uh, so far?
1: Uh, roughly 40
0: now. So what is your plan for the future? You still need uh, more rounds. So you, you want to go public or what's the big plan?
1: So the plan is, is to uh, continue building the business and create uh, even like much bigger success story. And, uh, and how we see it is that when you build amazing companies then you also have options so so you can you can have IPO or you can maybe sell the business uh, you, you can maybe continue as a, just like having the company maybe if you have investors of course like they have to those investors have to do the exit but there will be then some other parties who can maybe then buy those uh, portions our focus now is to uh, continue building the success story and, and, and going from uh, there something what i also advise people to do and i think like this covid is now a really good example about that so if if the company if some companies had in mind that let's sell the business on 2020 summer that's our goal and we do everything to get there and and we streamline our cost structure and so on we sell the company then and and now we know that covid happened so um, there can be some external things happening if you put your eggs on the one basket you may have not so nice surprises and so uh if you if you have the amazing business then you have also many options
0: what's your take on the uh, board and, and the board work and starting from just a few people in the beginning and now having a, a lot of employees and uh, also investors so you know the governance structures and, and the management needs to also be up to bar so what's the best way to do that, depending on which stage you are, But you know, now looking back, that, you know, is there something you would do differently? And what's the advice for those who are building their company now?
1: It basically depends on, on the situation. So there is no like one single answer, answer on that. Uh, if you have the team who knows what they are doing, they, they know the business, they know the market well, uh, then I think that you can go without the board maybe even to like 10 million scale or or, or something. Uh, If you feel that you have a great team, uh, but it would be actually helpful to have someone external from the finance perspective, from the product perspective, from the sales marketing perspective, uh, um, from the scaling perspective, kind of like sharing more, some experiences for the team who is doing that first time. Then it's maybe good to have the board in, in place and to have the skills there. Uh, what you need uh, when you are below, let's say, one million in the revenue, uh, the board is maybe a bit more operational and, and 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 not having meetings like every second month. It's more about like having the WhatsApp group and and discussing about different topics maybe every week. Uh, how, how we uh, did it was that uh, I think we had revenue maybe roughly. 2 million when we got our first kind of like official board together so uh, uh, until that we felt that uh we kind of like know what we are doing uh but uh at certain point i felt that i it would be good to have some kind of like supervisor for me as well and and it would be um good to um to have have the people around you who you can discuss with about different topics and, and get some help so um, so the first board was about group of people who had really good experience about scaling the businesses in like from marketing sales perspective uh, from the finance funding perspective and, and nowadays it's more about having having, having also like investors on on uh, on board we usually have had five or six members or like within the board uh, to make sure that there is enough ideas but not like too many <laughs> ideas um, if, if you have a board of 10 persons uh, it, it may be tricky to do the decisions if, if you have like let's say five persons uh, within the board uh, you, you can also get decisions
0: out you were planning to step down from the CEO role and uh then covid happened can you describe the changes and and how did you actually then finally come up with the new ceo
1: yeah so i have been on the ceo positions now roughly 20 years and a bit more than one year ago uh, it started to feel that it would be really interesting to do something else as well and and this again is about testing different things so i was thinking that now i I, I want to notice that, like, how, how does it feel to do uh, something as else as well? So at first, I thought about this idea for the investors, uh, and at first, they were like, "Okay, that's 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 interesting." Thought, <laughs> what's wrong uh, with the company? <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Why why you are why you are doing that? This is not something what what founders normally do. And I was telling them that like, if we can find an amazing person who has amazing network skills, knowledge about scale the business so what we will lose and i'm, I'm an engineer and trying to think from the pretty practical perspective so so like uh, i was proposing that like let's let's test this and let, let's see how it works and and after that we were discussing with the board and and basically the feedback was the same eventually we agreed that let's start the process and let's see what kind of uh, candidates we can find and then covid happened we were on the journey um, of scaling a company Company towards uh, three hundred uh, employees uh, globally, and uh, and the COVID, COVID came and and we had this hiring process going on. So of course, like uh, then we had to agree that okay, let's now manage this phase. Our, our new business sales dropped roughly ninety uh, percent. So so the like then I had to focus on the situation what we had uh, within the company and and. The, and the employees there. Um, but also, also uh, I continued uh, together uh, with, uh, with our chairman the discussions what we had with the candidates. Uh, eventually we, um, we actually phoned the person from, from our board so um, we have uh, we had like Mäkitalo one, as one of our board members, uh, and uh, he has been scaling up M-files from 40 employees to plus 500 employees, and has amazing uh, global experience about scaling companies. And I was asking him that like, what are your thoughts about the future? What kind of plans he has, and And eventually uh, discussions got a bit more serious and uh, and, and we were like discussing about the option that if he would join and uh, eventually like uh, we agreed everything at the end of last year, uh, he started early December last year. So that's in in, in the story.
0: How does other people react to the success? You say that in the beginning, you had a hard time convincing anyone that it's, it's working, at least some of the customers. And, and, and then there's obviously a lot of people who look at you know, the four patterns and say that this is so simple. So what's the experience? What to expect? It's
1: kind of like being on the roller coaster. So you will maybe analyze the experience more after you have gone it through instead of like while having the experience. Before building the companies I was thinking that maybe uh, there is a lot of I don't know parties and and kind of emotions related to that during the journey but of course at least in our case the journey has been so kind of like fast we have been just like doing a lot of stuff moving fast uh, having fun uh, and and every day trying to learn something more new improved things maybe we should have had stop a few times for a week and just like discuss together that what has happened and what what are the learnings and and how to go forward but it it has been more about run for for 10 years and uh, and, and, and maybe detailed analyze will will come later (laughs) when when we have more time for 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 that.
0: In one episode uh, with Jurgen Appelo, uh, he had uh, some uh, interesting experiences in Canada. I think you you were traveling to Canada and something happened.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. so yeah, this is like one thing when going fast from uh, places to other places, from countries to other countries, um so, sometimes you, you are so focused on the business you are so focused on the on the customers and, and, and improving the business that that uh, that that like yeah, I, I i was in new york uh, and meeting some uh, some investors and, and customers there and i was planning to fly back to florida when we were living there but my uh colleague uh, sent a message that please fly to canada to uh to toronto and let's meet uh, let's meet there and i i will send you all all the details uh via email so so i i took the ticket to uh, toronto and 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 went there to the airport and, and 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 went to the security line and the person was asking that what is the huddle where you are going and i was i don't like uh, i i don't I, I don't know what's the name of the huddle and then he was asking that who, who are the people who you are going to meet and basically he was asking the questions <laughs> and i didn't know answer on any of those questions then the person told that you have to go to the uh room there and, and they will have more questions and so so i i i went there and uh and again, uh, the person was asking the same questions and a lot more questions like what you are doing he- here and, and so, so on. And I had all the details, all the information on my mobile phone. But the issue was that uh, they told that uh, in in security in Canada, you can't use your mobile phone. And I, I, was, <laughs> I was telling them that I, I have all the answers here in my mobile phone. And if you don't let me use this, I don't have any answer on your questions (laughs) and like so it it took about uh, one hour and eventually they told that yeah you can go (laughs) so
0: how how did they convince that you know okay you you may be telling the truth and it's actually in the email so i I had
1: (laughs) i I had happy not t-shirt on and uh, i was going to speak on the event there and I, i told them that hey you can see this smileys here you can see my face on the trade show um material from the web uh, i'm going there i'm actually going to meet the people from the, the toronto airport so I'm, I'm going to meet your colleagues <laughs> like as, as, <laughs> uh, as well so but I, I don't know your i don't know those names because um, i have those on my mobile phone but you do you are not letting me to use <laughs> this <laughs> mobile phone so so uh so like yeah e- eventually they no, gave, gave up.
0: <laughs> so what was the button you pushed? Uh, oh, they didn't well, have the terminal there. Well,
1: yeah, they didn't have the terminal
0: yet. <laughs> there, so, What is your favorite word? Mm, lava. What is your least favorite word?
1: Uh, I, it's kind of the same sentence. I, I won't ever learn this.
0: What turns you on creatively, spiritually or emotionally?
1: uh it's got, if you think about the word like it's like the freedom and the space
0: what turns you off
1: uh limits <laughs> like small
0: rooms <laughs> what is your favorite curse word mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: This is hard. Let's go to next one.
0: What sound or noise do you love? Uh, sound of birds. What sound or noise do you hate?
1: Mm, how to say this in English? When someone is giving up with, without no reason. So, so uh, that that that's
0: yeah. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Mm. Uh, uh, uh,
1: Something related to music or or something related to
0: uh, entertainment. What profession would you not like to do?
1: Mm. Like doing something what's against the uh, situation what we have globally now in terms of temperature increase and the climate change what we are having now things relate to that
0: If you could be a co-founder of any startup in any era which one would you choose? Now maybe the Facebook
1: is is kind of like (laughs) and and, and the reason why I, I say this is that it's kind of I think like it would have been amazing to be part of building the kind of like new ecosystems within B2C space and and getting all the learnings there and, and, and maybe maybe Amazon is, is the second one which is amazing from the culture perspective and and, and, and when when building really uh, big things also failing with, within pretty big things. Any final words for the audience? Mm. If you hear that someone is having a somewhat good idea about something that they like should I maybe start the business and especially if the person is, let's say, between 18 and 25 years old and and maybe that person is starting, let's say, at the university, uh, please encourage those people to try. Because that's the time when, um, when, when you are usually used to live with pretty small amount of money and, and taking risks during that time is much easier uh, compared to the situation when you have family and maybe two kids and, and you need that, let's say, 2,000, 4,000 euros or dollars per month to provide food and, and, and a warm house. Um, There definitely can be uh, more successful companies uh, globally. So, uh, so, and and, and that encouragement uh, can mean that that we will then hear about some amazing success stories, uh, because I've been guiding some people to that direct. We need support from each other, especially during these times.
0: Thank you, Heikki. It has been such a satisfying experience. A lot of smileys <laughs>
1: thank you thank you likewise
0: <laughs> what were your favorite takeaways for me it's nice to hear that when you build something valuable the investors are knocking on your door instead of you doing all the legwork if you like this episode send it to a person you think who might benefit from it thank you for listening until next time